0: Welcome to the Calvary Podcast, Lenten Preaching Edition, a ministry of Calvary Episcopal Church, recorded live in Memphis. The Calvary Podcast is weekly sermons, but also conversations, reflections, and provocations about the mystery of God and what it means to be human in the world in need of repair.
1: So many people from so many different parts of my life. It's, it's uh, strange and wonderful. What an incredible gift it is to be in this place where for 99 years, the Lenten journey has been taken by people who have found their way to Calvary Church. Thank you to the clergy here who have become friends and colleagues and especially to Heidi who has kept us all sane and together and made sure it all happened. Uh, smoothly. It is really such an honor to celebrate this time with all of you, people who uh, reflect my family that looks so many different ways. Uh, Barry, the other reverend in our house, and our children and grandchildren who keep me real, my faithful congregation, Colonial Cumberland Presbyterian, who birthed my room-in-the-end family, and so many dear friends Who keep life rich and for years now I have come to feel very much at home here at Calvary as they have opened their doors and their hearts to room in the end guests each week. If you don't know about the parishioners in this church let me tell you what I know about them. They preach the gospel here in this gorgeous sanctuary in all the seasons of life but oh my goodness if you want to see the gospel in action It's in the basement, and I'm not talking about waffles. (laughs) Neighbors are fed and clothed and befriended in ways that changes lives of those who are made poor and the volunteers who love and serve them. Thank you, Calvary, for making us all better. I love to share stories that have impacted my life, you know, the kind of story that you just carry around because it won't let go of you? Those are my favorites. One day, a Jeep pulled up in the, at the front door of the Room in the end campus. A gentleman that today I'll call Art was dropped off for shelter because his living conditions were so poor and he was outdoors, but he had serious health problems. As I got the information that we needed to get him settled into his room, I said, Art, I'm so glad that you are here with us. And he said, now that we're friends, you can call me by my real name. And I said, okay, what is your real name? I really want to call you by your real name for sure. He grinned and said, yep, just call me Holy Spirit. That's my name. Right? (laughs) That's a story that won't let go of you. A different day, another vehicle pulled up and a gentleman that day, that I'll call, got out that day, that I'll call Bart, was dropped off. It took a very short time for our staff to realize that the slight vision loss shared by his healthcare team was indeed total blindness. He was terrified. He had no idea where he was, who we were, whether or not he was in danger. He was terrified. Living an unsheltered life without sight is terrifying. The long burden of what fear manifested in him showed up in some pretty angry conversation. I stood with Martin a Calvary member, as he, in his loving Martin way, gently shared what we, that we cared for him and that we would help him in any way that we could. He put his head in his hands and said, I'm not angry with you. I just can't see a thing, and it is the worst thing in the world. Another story that just won't let go of you. The Jesus story that we've heard today is going is a, like a going-away party of sorts for him as he was leaving Jericho. People were walking along with him on his way out of town, some getting that last few minutes of Jesus' time and some likely becoming followers and being sent off unknowingly by family down that fateful road to the cross. During this send-off, the impromptu parade passes a man on the side of the road. Bartimaeus was his name. We don't know why he was blind or how long he had been blind, but what we do know is that the value of a person when he was alive was about the same as it is most often now. If we can't contribute, we are not valued. All the necessities of life are tied up to the contribution that we make to society. Need health care? Get a job. Need transportation? Get a job. Need a job? Get transportation. Need a job? Get an education. Need an education? Well, that circle never ends and there is waffle shop later. Jesus may have passed by this man's normal place to panhandle as pilgrims made their way to Jerusalem. Or maybe he got himself to a place that was just the right spot to be able to get the attention of the famous teacher. We can imagine from our own experiences what he looked like. He likely sat with everything he owned, layered up to protect himself, which also drew attention to the fact that he was a beggar. He was accustomed to the people walking by without engaging, and probably even though he was blind, sensed them walking across the street to avoid that awkward question, hey, I don't mean any harm, can you spare some change? He was so used to being ignored that in order to get the help he desperately needed, he took the risk of his life that day, the risk of drawing attention to himself in a place where he wasn't welcome. He yelled out, son of David, Jesus, have mercy on me. They told him to hush. He decided to take the chance that he would be run off from his spot and said again, son of David, have mercy on me. They told him to shut up. And even though the authorities might be called to calm him down, he risked it all. Mercy, have mercy on me. As the good neighbors of Jericho tried to shield that parting guest from all of the shouting and likely begging, the scripture says that Jesus stopped in his tracks. He had them call this very loud very vagrant, very blind man over to him. Those around told Bartimaeus how lucky he was, and I bet they also reminded him that he didn't deserve it after the way he had acted. He jumped up and he went to Jesus as he threw off his coat in a big hurry to be heard. The cloak he wore defined him as one of the other. But he had so much faith that he knew that he was about to be defined by who he was created to be and not by his different abilities or economic status. The layers that hid him were no longer needed. He threw them off, preparing to be free. I see so many faces here today who quote the next part of this passage on the streets, in the alleys, and basements of downtown daily. Jesus said, what can I do for you? What a beautifully simple, yet incredibly powerful question. What can I do for you? Not how can I make you an example of my power? Not how can I show others my generosity? Just a simple, loving expression of kindness and compassion that reaches into the heart of the person being asked. Bartimaeus likely didn't hear that question very often, but he was ready with an answer. Teacher, I want to see you again. In my imagination, this scene is very cinematic. You know focused in on the two faces as the rest of the crowd fades out into the background as Jesus and Bartimaeus talk. I watch a lot of movies. But I can just see this moment in my mind so clearly, the moment when someone who wants to see is being seen for the first time, really seen for the first time. Such a brief life changing encounter and so simple. I want to see. Okay, Jesus said, on your way. Because of your courageous faith, you are not only healed, but you are saved. In an instant, everything changed. Vision was realized and call was answered. He could see. He was healed. He joined a ministry and maybe the greatest miracle of all in this story is that he followed a savior down the road who gave him a community where he belonged and was cherished forever. What caused Jesus to stop for one person in that crowd? I suppose the road was full of attention-seeking people asking for a variety of needs that day, asking for healings for themselves. Crowds rarely followed Jesus without looking for something, grabbing for their own miracles, or like in the story just before this one in Mark's gospel, an important seat at the table of power that they envisioned this Nazarene was creating. So why stop for this man? I believe it was compassion and recognition of the risk of faith that Bartimaeus took. And I also believe it was a nudge of the Spirit, that Holy One, that was and is the Christ. It is really that spiritual compassion that we long for during these long days of Lent. As we sit in the darkness longing to see the terrifying world around us whole again, it makes us want to cry out, Mercy, have mercy. Please, God, have mercy. We want to see. We want to see an end to the hunger pangs of children. Mercy, God, have mercy. We want to open our eyes and send an end, see an end to the violence and war that destroys innocence. God, in your mercy. We want to look to a future that is full of justice, not just that kind that we talk about, not just the justice that is costly to our privilege, but so rewarding to our soul. It's that justice that we want to pray for and cry out for mercy. Fill this world with mercy, God. On night two, of Bart's Stay With Us, that room in the Inns recuperative care center. I was showing a volunteer around the place, as we often do, you are always welcome. I was so in the zone, you know, sharing all the great things that we were doing, how beautiful the place is, how men, women, and children thrive, how thankful we are for volunteers and donors who make it possible I love sharing this story. As we went down the hallway where the guest rooms are, I was just talking away, but aware that there was some noise coming from one of the rooms. I was trying not to get too distracted when I realized it was coming from Bart's room. And I admit, because you're all my friends, that I got a little nervous that he might be having one of those angry outbursts right there in the middle of my tour. I just kept talking and walking. Then from behind me, I hear an even louder voice. It was yelling and it was coming from all the way at the other end of the hall. Hey, Lisa, that man needs someone to help him. He's blind and scared. I braced myself. I turned around, and of course, how could I not have known it was Holy Spirit? making sure that i didn't keep walking and talking but convicting me to open my blind eyes to see again and my own closed ears to hear the needs of someone so incredibly close to me and yet so far away it is the holy spirit that challenges us, that convicts us, that motivates us. It is the Holy Spirit that inspires people to come to Calvary and to pass out clothing. It isn't the Holy Spirit that inspires people up the street to hand out burritos to people who sometimes are like our Bart. It is the Holy Spirit that inspires people to give their lives in service to other people How else could we do it? We are all called to listen and to hear and to see again, to see again all of the ways that we are part of this story. Passing by people who are layered up to keep from being seen and hoping and praying and sometimes getting the good pleasure to witness them taking off those layers. And as they are being able to see again, they are being seen for who they really are. The Holy Spirit says, they're yelling for you. They need you. And they can't do it by themselves. It is the Holy Spirit who gathers us to worship, who gathers us to community, who gathers us to serve. It is the Holy Spirit that keeps us walking down this Lenten road because it is the Holy Spirit that reminds us that resurrection is right around the corner. Not just for some of us, but for all of us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Amen.
0: The Calvary Podcast theme music was composed by Spence Bailey. Special thanks to Robin Banks, Director of Communications at Calvary, and Heidi Rupke, Lenten Preaching Series Coordinator. And thanks to you for listening.